Welcome to Bills, Bullshit, and True Crime. I am Wade. And I'm Bree. We're going to talk about a lot of gnarly shit today that Bree took all the notes of. Because I did nothing. <laughs> and I do nothing. That was the most awkward intro ever. Keep it. Okay. Oh, We're keeping God. that one. So, here we go. <laughs> We're going to talk about some gnarly shit. And... Bree actually really did do all the notes. I did absolutely nothing but drove for four hours to get us back to work. And that was the payment for all the notes. It certainly was. So we're going to talk about killers that got caught for really retarded shit. Sorry, that's not a good word. word. Stupid shit. There you go. That's a better word. I apologize about that. That was bad. But stupid people getting caught for stupid things. He's working on it, people. He's working on his vocabulary. My vocabulary? Vocabulary? Mm-hmm. That's why I got you. Tell you what words are appropriate and what words aren't? Know how to pronounce words and put words into context that I was more talking about, like, the R word, but... I I know what you're talking about, (laughs) but I was trying to go away from that, so thanks for bringing us back. You are welcome, sir. Anyways, this is Boobs, Bullshit, and True Crime. (laughs) Thanks for coming. (laughs) Bye. Goodbye. Just kidding. So, I do want to say one little side note story before we get started, and then I really do need to get started because I have a lot of fucking notes. And it's 7 o'clock at night, and I want to go to bed. I want cheeseburgers, too. And it's 7 o'clock at night. Anyways, we have been drinking mimosas, having a good day, but what I wanted to talk about, my story, was the day before yesterday. I was, was it the day before yesterday? The fuck have I known? What's today, Monday? Yesterday. Yesterday morning, we were still at home, back where we live, where we pay mortgage on, not where we fucking live. And I'm showering, and I'm like, enjoying myself, hot water, do-to-do, feeling good. And then I feel like a little tickle on my calf, and so I shake my leg because I thought it was like water. I don't know. I didn't, it didn't like really compute what it was. And then I look down when I shake my leg and there is a full on tarantula that's like the size of my hand. It was gigantic. She's a little bit. I'm not traumatic. exaggerating. It was huge. It and was I love better. tarantulas, but the fact that I didn't know it was in the shower, then it was on me and then it was right next to me. It just took me by surprise. It really wasn't that big. It was, come on, when you walked into the shower, you were like, whoa. It barely fit in a toilet paper roll. It was, he was freaking out about it too when he saw it. You're such a liar. I was, uh, okay. You weren't freaking out, but you were like, oh damn, when you saw it, it surprised you how big it was. Don't lie. Yeah, but I wasn't, when you said there was a spider in the bathroom, I wasn't like, oh, it's probably a tarantula. It was on me. Shower is where you feel like safe, you're all naked, you're getting clean, and then you have a motherfucking spider all up in your business. It was, who's Snapchatting me? Leave me alone. I don't know, but your phone's supposed to be on silent. Throw your phone on the bed because it fucks up our recording. My, oh my god. I'm working right now. You are not billing for it, so you're not motherfucking working. No, I stopped billing 17 minutes ago. (laughs) 
All right. No, 17 mm-hmm. minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So you worked 13 hours today? Uh, I worked 12 and a half today. Ah. So I did do... <laughs> you are horrible at math. Yeah, I've, I will admit that. I'm terrible at math. And don't even talk shit because you didn't even do your timesheet until I mentioned it to you. I know. Poor employee. But I'm fucking the supervisor, so that's right. It's not okay. No, that's not okay. You don't say that. No. It's okay. Uh, slightly, but no. <laughs> Behind closed doors, it's okay. I could say something, but I'm not going to. All right, background. What, that I don't close doors? No, you close... I mean, I'm not weird about closing doors. That was not what I was going to say. You don't know what I was going to say. That's why I moved on. Why do killers get caught for stupid shit? Why do you think they get caught for stupid shit, babe? Don't look my notes. They're stupid and they're killers. That's it. No, I don't know. There's a bunch of different reasons, probably. Exactly. You're correct. And I can tell you right now, one of them is because they like to brag and they want to be noticed for their crimes most of the time. That's not something I dived into, but definitely. There's a lot of serial killers out there like that. They like the attention. Exactly. Yeah. They want to be part of the investigation. Attention whores. But the notion that serial killers are smarter than the average human is a verified myth. That's kind of, you know, something that's said, too. Like, serial killers are masterminds, or they're super intelligent. That's not necessarily the case. This notion was found on an early study that used unscientific methods with a small unrepresentative or diverse sample. So it was basically a small amount of humans that weren't very diverse, and it was not a scientific um, research project that happened. Um, And that's kind of like where the notion began, that they were smarter than the average bear. The real truth is that serial killers' minds range from like Ivy League caliber to downright moronic. Self-defeating traits like addiction, codependency, or narcissism, which you were, I guess that's what you were talking about, kind of narcissism, wanting people to know. That can play a role with behavior, how they act, Um, as well as failure to plan. That can play a role as well, whether that be because their confidence is, you know, not being kept in check because they haven't been caught and that bites them in the ass, or snapping and killing on a whim when they haven't planned something out at all whatsoever. In the end, it's not all about IQ. Even smart ones can be idiots. Mistakes happen. I mean, mistakes happen, people. They happen. Even in murder. You fucking dabbing dabs in there with your car keys? Will you just keep to reading your fucking notes because you got so goddamn many of them? Don't All you right. give your notepad away like you're fucking hiding something from me. I'm not hiding anything. Not I was continuing. He has been in a fucking feisty ass mood all Roar! day. Roar! You and your fucking dick swinging contest at work. Calm down. I don't have a dick swinging contest. I, I thought you were going to say I don't have a dick. I was like, you definitely have a dick. I've seen it. When I walk, <laughs> motherfuckers see my dick swing. Oh so I ain't got to talk about it. I'm totally kidding. (laughs) I don't even know how to transition from that. Okay. Um, Obviously, the first that come to mind about... (laughs) God damn it! Obviously, the first that comes to mind is Wade. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to move on. All right, you got anything else? You ready to proceed? Yes, proceed, please. Okay. 
Obviously, the first, you know, serial killers that first come to mind when we're talking about people that got caught for stupid shit is Ted Bundy. Oh my god, I just choked on my own spit, sorry. He was caught by police for driving erratically all over the freeway and being a fucking dumbass. He probably could have gotten away with more shit if he would not have done that. Joel Rifkin was also caught for the small infraction of his car missing its plate, all while transporting a corpse in his vehicle. Bottom line is, there are a lot of fucking reasons why killers get caught. My story is long as fuck, so we're going to proceed on from that, but that's my kind of little very general overview background. But, I went ahead and wrote up some ridiculous headlines why killers got caught for things and i'm gonna go ahead and hand this over to wade he's never read these before but have fun okay stupid criminals is what she wrote at the very top of the page they're all pretty stupid and hilarious so a woman was arrested after asking police to test her drugs for ebola Wow. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better. Uh, Chastity Hobson came across granite. What is that word? Shoals. It's a place. Sho- okay. Police department's Craigslist ad asking drug users to turn their drugs in for testing. It read in part, if you have recently purchased meth or heroin in central Texas, please take it to the local police department or sheriff's department so it can be screened for a special device. With a special device. Okay. So they have a fancy meth and heroin screening device. Fuck yeah. Good job, (laughs) Texas. Good job. Uh, Florida man. This is a Florida man one. Florida man was... Or uses wanted posters as Facebook police or profile. Wow. Florida man uses <laughs> wanted poster as Facebook profile picture. Fuck, I do not know why that was hard for me to read. I don't either. But like the one that has his picture and his name and everything and he just like slapped it on there. Very nice. A fake cop pulls over a real cop. A police impersonator in... Dumfries, Virginia. That looks like a P to me. I it was going to say pump PH freeze. makes oh. an F noise. No. Dump your freeze. first letter looks like a P. P oh, P. Gotcha. So pump, I thought pump, pump freeze. freeze. <laughs> pump freeze. That's pump what it was. freeze. <laughs> Vagina. Sorry. Virginia. <laughs> Kitty. Oh, Tried to pull over an off-duty officer. When the real cop informed him, the, or informed the fake cop that he was a real cop, this is where it gets confusing. No, I was saying this is getting confusing because it was a fake cop that pulled over a real cop. And then the real cop was like, hey, fake cop, I'm I a real cop. I can't read your handwriting. You always tell me it's so nice. It really is, but I never had to read it. Mm. Well, that's what happened. Okay, this is getting confusing because her handwriting is really nice. But it's kind of, like her F's look like P's. Her D's look like P's. Her T's look like F's. The rest of it says the fake cop ran away but was quickly found and hauled away to a very real prison. Good job. <laughs> that one was funny and you fucked it up. Good job. 
Okay. Woman try woman tries to get her money back after buying whack crack. <laughs> I was gonna say Keanu Reeves. <laughs> God, my laugh is so atrocious every time I hear it. Oh. I, I sound like a hyena, but I I at least even... we're not like Chanel West Coast. We sound like a fucking dolphin. I sound I don't know what I sound like, but it's not good. But everybody says that when they listen to their own laugh. I, but I mean, I don't think there's a single individual out there that is literally sitting there like, I have the best smile. My laugh is the prettiest. Everybody wants to fuck me because my laugh is great. I've heard cute laughs, and mine is not. Okay, cute. I I sound like a dumbass when I'm speaking, and I can't read evidently either. So my I really don't give is a fuck. Weird. So, uh, another Florida man... Oh, wait, sorry, I didn't finish reading that <laughs> other one. Uh, so, woman tries to get her money back after buying whack crack. Yeah, and... Uh, I have no idea how to say that. Eos? Reeves? Eos. That's what it's going to be. Keanu. Keanu Reeves <laughs> approached an officer and asked for his help in getting her money back for poor quality crack, cocaine, that she had purchased. <laughs> That right there, Fresno in itself is Fresno. That is for Fresno. sure. Yeah, but it's little rich white boys. Hey, this kid ripped me off. He gave me flour. This ecstasy made me feel funny. Exactly. Florida man marks occupation. What? Occupation. As drug dealer. Yeah. On arrest. <laughs> <laughs> That one I could read clearly, but it just stumped me. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> I don't think I can get it out. Florida man marks occupation as drug dealer on arrest report. <laughs> you asked me what my job was, motherfucker. That's my he job. He was subsequently charged with that crime, <laughs> as well as the other one he was being booked on. <laughs> So they're like, sweet, I guess we should probably ask these people what else they've done. Uh, that's literally like a free point. Like, yeah. you made yourself a free point. Literally. Oh, my God. That was great. I'm so happy that you hadn't read those before I gave them to you. That was amazing. Jesus Christ. I told you it was a lot of notes. I just got you this notebook. You didn't get me this notebook. Anissa got me this notebook. Oh, uh, it's the star one. This is my notebook from my best friend. What? Oh, Just saying. You did get me a beautiful crystal recently, though, that I love. Read your goddamn mouth. Or what? I'm going to walk away from this table. Fair. All right. Today, I did my story for Stupid Criminals on Randy Kraft, a.k.a. the scorecard killer, a.k.a. the Southern California Strangler, a.k.a. the Freeway Killer. Have you ever heard of this motherfucker? No. He? I was going to say something fucked up. But then. What? Hmm? What? That was about You Randy. love his mac and cheese? <laughs> Is that what no. you were going to say? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> what were you going to say? It's Kraft Singles. I don't know. I was going to say something. But Mine's better. All right. I have never heard of him before. I don't know how I've never heard of him because the story's crazy as fuck. So let me go ahead and get to it. 
1948, the Kraft family moved to Midway City. Kraft was noted for his intelligence by his family classmates and teachers. Um, so when he was a little kid, they moved to that area. By 1957, he was deemed intelligent enough to attend accelerated classes. So they, like, bumped him up grades. In 1963, he graduated 10th out of his high school class of 390 students. That fall, he enrolled at Claremont Men's College in Claremont, California, where he pursued a bachelor's in economics. And he's, like, way younger than the average person when they're graduating high school and college at this point. A short time later, he enrolled in the Claremont Officers Training Corps. In 1964, Kraft began bartending at a local gay bar called Garden Grove. Ooh. Why did that get you excited? I don't know. I just like the name. Garden Grove? I liked it, too. I thought it was pretty. In 1966, Kraft was arrested and charged with lewd conduct after proposi propositioning an undercover officer for sex. So that was his first kind of like run-in with the law scandalous by his senior year of college he had become a lackadaisical student at best why are you like picking out your belly you're distracting me <laughs> god he was i'm eight i get distracted easily squirrel Ooh, shiny red ball <laughs> i do like shiny red balls <laughs> He was regularly drinking, taking drugs, and attending all-night gambling and poker sessions. Why is that so funny? I'm not going to comment. With other students. Motherfucker <laughs> is slipping. Damn. He was failing all his shit. He failed his senior year, but retook his classes and graduated in 1968 from college. Kraft then joined the Air Force. Like any other young person who doesn't know what the fuck to do with their life and needs some structure, naturally. Naturally. Kraft supervised the painting of uh, test planes. That's similar to what your brother does, right? Or did. No? Not test planes. Something completely different. Sweet. I'm completely wrong. Way different. Awesome. He eventually rose to the rank of airman first class. Is that a lot? You don't know. No one's been in the Air Force. Oh. And I told you to sign it right. on your phone. Jesus Christ, you can't even follow your own rules. Okay, supervisor trying to supervise me when I'm not at work. I'm the supervisor of this podcast, and I'm supervising Lee telling you to shut the fuck up. Oh, well, uh, you're not leading by example. <laughs> Neither are you. The fuck I'm not. <laughs> Is your time card done? Yeah. I don't believe him. Been done. That same year, he attained rank. He came out to his friends and family that he was gay. His family didn't take it, like, super, super great. It was a different time. It was basically the 1970s at this point. Um, on July 26, 1969, which is my birthday, plus 1969, so I thought that was hilarious, Kraft received a general discharge for coming out as gay to his supervisors because... Fuck the patriarchy, that's why. He moved back to his parents and took up bartending once again. And when they discharged him, it was basically like they just kind of like brushed it under the rug and they were like, leave. So. Yeah, they gave him an honorable discharge, closed it out. Gave no, him a general discharge, not uh, an honorable. Did they give him honorable? They no. Gave him a general? General. It's not his fault that he's gay, that's fucked up. It's different now, right? What are the laws with that? Sexuality doesn't matter, I thought, legally in the military. Legally? 
Oh. Yeah. That's unfortunate. A lot of people don't talk about it. I mean, I get that. It just sucks that we're still there. It's... But why are you asking me? I've never been in the military. Uh, your family is. I mean, my family is too. I don't know why I'm asking yeah, I really talk to my brother a lot. <laughs> True. In March 1970, Kraft lured 13-year-old Joey Fancher to his home. Um, Kraft drugged, beat, and raped the boy, then left him unattended to go to work like a fucking dumbass. Little Joey escaped, thank God, and had to have his stomach pumped due to all the drugs that he had ingested. Unfortunately, Kraft got away with it. Little Joey admitted he had willingly taken um, the drugs that he was offered, and the search warrant of Kraft's home wasn't completed before the search was done, so the search was kind of like null and void. So that's shitty. In 1971, Mr. Kraft decided he wanted to be a forklift operator. He found work in Huntington Beach, California, and also enrolled in Long Beach State University, taking courses toward a teaching career. And I'm going to go ahead and take a mimosa break. Hold on. Chug, chug, chug. Oh, my God. Okay. So after he enrolled in Long Beach State University, he became acquainted with a fellow student named Jeff Graves, which is super punny. And I thought that was hilarious. Graves, get it? Graves, serial killer, Graves. <laughs> they began a relationship. Like a friendship relationship or like No, that was his buddy. partner. Not even fuck buddy. That was his boyfriend. boyfriend? Yeah, oh. that was his partner. Got it. On October 5th, 1971, police found Wayne Duckett's nude body close to the Ortega Highway. And by the way, I mentioned him, the boyfriend, because he comes up later. So I'm rapidly changing subjects, but it'll come back. So October 5th, they find that body on the Ortega Highway. Wayne was last seen on September 20th, 1971. Putrefication had erased any signs of foul play at that point. He was fucking human jello. The cause of death was stated as acute alcohol poisoning due to the high BA levels that his body had sustained. And that was the only thing that like they could test at that mm. point. Wayne was Kraft's first quote-unquote scorecard entry which I will get into what his scorecard was at the end of the story. That's why he is believed to be Kraft's first victim, because he was the first entry on that scorecard. Fast forward to December 26th, so July 26th to December 26th of the same year. Police find 20-year-old Marine Edward Moore beside the 405 freeway in Seal Beach. Abrasions to the body showed that he had been thrown from a moving vehicle, which this comes up in, like, I would say half of his cases. So I don't repeat it every time, but it's one of his, like, MOs that he f throws the bodies from a moving vehicle because he really just doesn't give a shit. He had been bound at the wrists and ankles and beaten with a blunt object before being garroted. Do you know what a garrot is? Mm -mm. It's a wire or a piece of thread or rope that has, like, a long stick or something, like... Um, so he was choked. Yeah, but you twist it. So you wrap the, like, thread or whatever around the neck, and then you have this thing that you can just, like, twist and twist and twist and twist and twist until their eyes just pop out of their head, basically. So he had a horrible death, to say the least. Um, his body also bore several bite marks. Which, like, yes, but with consent, not while you're being raped. So that was really unfortunate. And they couldn't tell if that had happened before he had passed away or after. 
but he had bite marks in multiple spots on his body, and they all matched the same person. And last little horrible nugget, a sock was shoved, like, into his rectum, like, super far into his rectum, just shoved in there. So that's sweet. Oh, <laughs> little sad lip. I know, it's gross, and it's really sad. That, that's the way he was found, but that's what happened. Six weeks later, the body of an unidentified male around the age of anywhere from 17 to 25 was found alongside Terminal Island Freeway in L.A. The victim had been strangled and, just like the first, also had a sock placed in his rectum. Two months after that, on April 9th, 17-year-old Kenneth Bailey was discovered off a road on Huntington Beach. Bailey had been emasculated. Do you know what emasculated means? No? His pee-pee cut off? And nuts. Mm. Everything. Cool castration. Yeah. Well, castration is just removing the testicles. Emasculation is removing the penis and the testicles. You look really uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, poor image. Yeah, really bad. So that happened. He was also sodomized. Over the next two months, Kraft claimed two more victims. First was an unidentified boy whose body was found dismembered on April 22nd. Second was 20-year-old Ronnie Weeby. He was found strangled near the 405 freeway on July 30th. Welt marks on his body suggested he had been bound and suspended from a device before his death. His last known, Kraft's last known victim in 1973 was 23-year-old art student Vincent Cruz Mestas. Um, his body was found on December 29th in the San Bernardino Mountains, which is not his M.O. His M.O. was to leave bodies off of a freeway, so I thought that was interesting. Come 1974, four more victims had been linked to the same killer. They had all been found in a close vicinity to Southern California highways. So do I have to, like, pause this and record later, or can you entertain them while I go get a mimosa? Why don't you keep reading the notes, and I'll go make us mimosas? Perfect. Yeah. There it is. There we go. Solution. <laughs> we we are, are the, the solution. solution. Love you guys. That's our company slogan. Ah, uh, okay. Two of these victims, 20-year-old Malcolm Little and 19-year-old James Reeves, were found with foreign objects inserted into their bodies, which is horrible. Um, the third victim out of the four that had been linked to the same killer that I'm talking about right now, Roger Dickerson, bore bite marks similar in appearance to the earlier victim I had talked about that had bite marks as well. So they were trying to, they're starting to kind of link things together at this point. Now it's January 3rd, 1975. Kraft kidnapped 17-year-old John Lares. His body was found at Sunset Beach, showing signs of strangulation, um... And he was also found with a foreign object inserted into his body. Drag marks along his body indicated that he had been drugged by two individuals, which this is never, like, at the end, they realized that this murder alone had two separate people, two separate accomplices, but it was never explained who the other person was that I could find. Don't you think that's fucking crazy? Was it boyfriend? Oh. Could was have been boyfriend. boyfriend. On it? I don't know. I wouldn't dispose a body for you. Actually, wow. no, I really thought about for that for a second. It would depend on the circumstance. 
If you just, like, snapped for not a good reason and killed somebody, no, I would not help you, find like, hide a body. If you had a good reason for killing a motherfucker, I would help you hide that body. Sweet, good information to know, so yeah. I'm not going to tell you about the other ones. What? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> and, okay. But so, I did kill this one guy for one purpose and one purpose only. To get to you. What? Exactly. What? Never even knew that, huh? So you're admitting to murder on a podcast. Yeah. Or suicide, technically. What the fuck are you talking about? You'll never know. I don't think that's funny. <laughs> I'm just making shit up. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Let me talk. No. You've had your time to talk. You've taken too long. I did all the notes, so let me talk. So, after those four victims that I spoke of, um, in 1974, two weeks after the last victim that, you know, it looked like two people had drug his body away, 21-year-old Craig Joniatis was found in a hotel parking lot near the Pacific Coast Highway in Long Beach, California. He was strangled to death as well. By 1975, mid-January, 14 victims had been linked to the same killer and same M.O. So 14 on top of all the ones I just talked about. So now literally it's getting to the point while I'm taking these notes and I'm like, I can't cover each individual murder. There's too many. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. On January 24th, several Southern California investigators converged together in Orange County, California, to compare notes and discuss tactics because there had been, like, a lot of different murders over a lot of different counties by a lot of different highways, you know? They noted several victims with tissue residue in their nostrils. Why do you think there'd be tissue residue in the nostrils? Because they were suffocated. Okay. Um, as well as the victims with socks placed in their rectums, which was a pretty like clear MO with him. He did that often. So I know this is really gruesome, but I thought this was really interesting. So check it out. This is a known military method used when transporting bodies to prevent purging after death while transportation. Wow. Right? So he was in the military. Mm-hmm. He probably picked that up there and continued it on. I just didn't know that was, like, military-specific. I thought that was pretty crazy. So they're transporting these bodies far distances because these men are obviously away from home fighting for a country. So when they do, unfortunately, pass, they have to be traveled such a far distance that they want to prevent the body purging the fluids and, you know, substances that it purges after they die. So... That was a known military tactic, so they did touch on that during this meeting. At this point, they had no solid leads at all. They kind of had that meeting, figured that out, and they were like, all right, well, break. I'll call you if you find something, and you call me if, you know, whatever. On March 29th, 1975, Kraft enticed two young men, Keith Crotwell and Kent May, from a parking lot in Long Beach with the promise of beer and Valium, which Kraft fulfilled. How do you feel about beer and Valium? Uh, it sounds like a party. That sounds like a nap. Beer and Adderall sounds like a party. Why would you take Adderall? Because it doesn't make me fall asleep. 
Yeah, but a bag of meth is so much cheaper. Ew, it is, but I wouldn't do meth. I know that's a total, like, oxymoron. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Sure. I don't know why I'm having this conversation on air. I will continue. We're meth addicts. Sorry. I'm not a meth addict. Fuck that. Well, sometimes on accident. (laughs) Sometimes on accident. Not an addict, though. Um, I don't know where I am. Okay. On March 29, 1975, Kraft enticed both of these men with the promise of beer and Valium. May, so Kent May, one of the boys, remembers feeling super fucked up from the pills and beer because, you know, obviously. Kraft shoves him out of the car at some point. May is completely obliterated and fucked up, but fine. You know, Kraft didn't do anything to him. He just, like, fucked him up and gave him the Valium and beer and was like, I want to fuck your friend. Goodbye. Shoved him out of the car. (coughs) While this was happening, the parking lot where May was shoved out of the car, two of May and Crotwell's friends happened to be in the same parking lot, and they witnessed all of this. What? Right? How, like, lucky is that? Yeah. The witnesses noted Crotwell slumped against the driver of the vehicle, seemingly passed out. So he's, like, shoving May out of the car, and then the other friend is literally, like, passed out on the driver of the vehicle. On May 8th, Crotwell's skull was found near the Long Beach Marina. The remainder of his body was found six months later. Upon news of Crotwell's skull being found, those two friends that I was talking about scoured the neighborhood for the car that matched the vehicle they had seen May and Crotwell in that night, which... Those are A1s from the day ones. That's awesome. They actually located the car, and like good boys, they immediately handed the license number over to police. If I was them, I probably would have thrown a fucking cinder block through their back window. Uh, Long Beach PD traced the car to Kraft and brought him in for questioning. What are you doing? Playing about poison oak. Stop it. Stop it. Kraft denied Crotwell's murder, and prosecutors did not have enough evidence to prosecute, so he was released. Yay. Now it's December 31st. Kraft commits what prosecutors call the worst of all of his murders. Are you ready? Yep. Are you sure? Yep. Okay. He abducted 22-year-old Mark Hall. He drove him to a remote canyon, and he was found tied to a tree. His cause of death was asphyxiation. Earth and leaves had been shoved far down into his trachea to suffocate him. So he was found dead, tied to a tree, with earth and leaves shoved down inside his trachea. Yeah. Very, very cruel. Very unnecessary. He was sodomized, emasculated, and his severed genitals were found shoved into his own rectum. I don't know what to say after saying that. Yeah. Very horrible. He was covered in burn marks from a car cigarette lighter, too, like the metal ones that you light up. He just had burn marks on, like, multiple spots in his body. Um, His eyes were destroyed by the lighter as well. There were also lacerations showing he had been beaten by a broken bottle. And he was alive for most of the ordeal. So, like, this this man suffered really bad. By 1976, Kraft ended his relationship with Graves, that guy that I had mentioned earlier. They broke up. 
and began a new one with 19-year-old Jeffrey Selig, who later was adamant that Kraft was never violent. This relationship seems to have created a break in Kraft's murderous tendencies. But on December 10th, 1976, he killed 19-year-old Paul... F How do you say that? F-U-C-H-S. How would you say that? Futch? Futch? Futches? There's an S, though. Futches? Um, Futch, I guess. Futch. Futches. His body has never been found, but he did admit to that murder. On April 16th, 1978, Kraft abducted 18-year-old Scott Hughes... Kraft cut open his scrotum and removed a single testicle and then strangled him. For whatever reason. That's ridiculous. I know. He's just... This guy just sucks. He really does. He's the worst. Um, Scott's fully clothed body was found near a freeway on-ramp in Anaheim, California. Two months later, on June 11th, June 11th, 1976, 23-year-old Roland Young was found near a San Diego freeway. Eight days later, 20-year-old Richard Keith was found beside a road in Moulton Parkway. What date did I say? 1970? No, it's 1978, not 1976. I know, but you said 1976. Oh, 1978? Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Um, so, eight days later, the 20-year-old was found in Moulton Parkway, Parkway. He would proceed to kill eight more men and boys in the same fashion up until 1980. What is our total? I have no idea. This is... A lot. A fuck ton. The total is a fuck ton. It's over 20. I don't even know. Now it's 1980. He moves to Oregon for work. Kraft killed 17-year-old Michael O'Fallon and one unnamed male who they could never identify. Champagne break. I gave her all champagne and just a little bit of coloring. That's how I like it. We use like orange pineapple juice though and it's pretty fucking bomb I gotta say. Cause we're fancy yo. We're fancy. Pink is up. Pink is all the way up. Oh my god this is such a long story. Oh we only have two pages left. I'm gonna stretch. Whoa whoa wee whoa. I'm gonna stretch it out. Uh, what are you? What? I have armpit hair. Is that okay with you? I was just playing with it. So yeah. why are you playing with it? Are you offended by it? <laughs> you're going to kiss it? Ew, you're so gross. Will you read your notes? We have matching armpit hair. Not quite. Well, mine's, mine's not as long, long as yours. Yours is pretty long. And soft. It's <laughs> because I condition it. We are so weird. Okay, I'm, oh, do you really? <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, I conditioned that in my pubes. <laughs> I wish you would condition your pubes. Do it. Fucking do it. <laughs> Coconut oil. My mouth is in them occasionally. Why are you holding your face? Because conditioner is not going to make them softer. They're already tough. tough They're hair. supposed to be. No, conditioner makes things softer. Um, sure. <laughs> okay, I'm going to continue. I don't think that's a thing, but okay. It, I mean, conditioner does make things softer, and coconut oil does help. Just saying. Kraft comes back home to Cali and kills four more times. And now you're laughing. This is awkward. Proceed with your notes. Four more Drunky. people died. It was awful. I'm drunk off mimosas. Here we go. Um, by early 1982, 
Kraft and Selig's relationship had become rocky. They had become, they had become counseling. They had begun counseling at this point. Following complaints of a foul odor, on July 29, 1982, a Caltrans employee discovered the decaying body of 14-year-old Raymond Davis near the Hollywood Freeway. Uh, just 40 feet from Davis's body, the body of 16-year-old Robert Avila was found as well. How bad of a day did that Caltrans employee have? Yeah. You walk up on a dead body, and then you stand up to walk away and look over, and you're like, oh, sweet, another dead body. But you're making fucking $35 an hour, so you probably don't give a shit. Um... He probably went on, like, fucking mental leave for, like, three months and shit. Can you do that? Fuck yeah. Caltrans, you can do anything. What do you mean, Caltrans, you can do anything? I'm kidding. I don't know. But I'm sure that was a thing. I mean, I feel like that maybe should be a thing. I talk about wanting to find a dead body all the time and getting excited, and if it actually happened, like, I would be fucking horrified. That's fucked up. Anyways, way more fucked up that these people died over the Caltrans employee fucking finding them. Sorry, guys. Um, so, he also found 16-year-old Robert Avila, like I said, 40 feet away from the other body. After this happened, Kraft proceeds to commit nine similar murders in a similar fashion using pills and alcohol, sodomy, and torture. Always dip- disposing of the bodies off of major freeways. So he's just like... Killing and a fucking killing. Going at it. Now it's now it's May. May fourteenth. Nineteen eighty three. At one ten AM. Are you ready for the fucking finale of all this nasty, ugly bullshit? Why are you Really? You are fucking shitty as hell. What? <laughs> because I'm trying to do this podcast. I did all these notes. I worked super hard on all this. And he literally has the phone behind my head where I can't see it texting somebody. Um. Okay, miss. I don't turn my phone off during the podcast. I haven't looked at my phone one time. Because you're reading all your beautiful notes. You should say sorry. That's me. I apologize for reading the text message you behind don't care. your head. You don't care. You're acting... Oh, God, we're going to have a fight. I'm done with you. It's over. But we What have to, the French toast? But we have to finish this episode first, and okay. then it's over. Okay. okay. Um, Let's see. I apologize. Okay, now it's May 14th at 9... Or no, at 1.10 a.m. I, I know, I know we're at 42 minutes. I'm hurrying. I have a page oh, and a half. Leave me alone. it's not that. It's just that our voice is really fucking loud. Sorry. <laughs> we really need to get more microphones. We'll figure it out, guys. Tony, fucking, sorry, because I know Tony's listening. <laughs> well, then edit our shit, and I'll give you something. Yeah. We don't have vegetables. We have nothing. You guys are way better homesteaders than we are. God damn it. Help me. Help, Help me. me. I'm poor. Well, My audio is shitty. And our garden sucks. It really does. Well, our... Okay. We're coming over. Whoa. We're going. Whoa. Our garden does not suck. The protection against the garden sucks. I worked very hard on that garden. Thank you very much. And I worked really hard on that protection. So. And neither of it worked, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, winning. Yay. All right, we're almost done, guys. So. 
at 110 a.m., two CHPs observed a Toyota Celica. Wow. <laughs> no I almost wrote parentheses because I knew you were going to say something. So a fucking little bitch boy car driving erratically on the I-5 in Mission Viejo, which I have no idea where that is. I know it's in California. It's L.A. area. L.A. They suspected the driver of drunk driving and signaled for the vehicle to pull over. Oh, my God. Sorry, that was a lot of champagne. The driver exited the vehicle and poured out the contents of a beer, which, like, classy. He identified himself as Randy Kraft. Kraft's pants were unbuttoned, and he failed a field sobriety test. One of the CHP officers approached the vehicle and observed a young man slumped over in the passenger seat, partially covered by a jacket with beer bottles strewn around his feet. <laughs> the CHP officer like tried to get vitals on this guy and was trying to figure out what was going on and he just realizes that dude was dead. Dude was fucking dead dead. Cold dead. 25 year old Terry Gambrill was found bound, strangled, and undressed in the vehicle. The passenger seat was heavily bloodstained although Terry had no open wounds and he, like when the officer first walked up Terry was exposed, but he had a jacket over him. So, obviously, if you think somebody's alive, you're not going to walk up and, like, grab something off of him. So, the officer walked up, was trying to, like, ex um, ass assess him and get his vitals. And then when he wasn't responding and he realized he was cold, he pulled the jacket away. His genitals were exposed. There were beer, bo beer bottles all over. He realized that his wrists were bound. You know, he realized what was going on. In the actual vehicle, they found pictures of other victims, which it was like 50 or 49 different pictures of different victims, and hand, a handwritten list of coded notations. A search of Kraft's home revealed personal possessions of the victim specifically, so like clothing, things of that nature, IDs. Now to the scorecard that I had mentioned earlier. The coded list of 61 terms and phrases is thought to refer to the cachet of Kraft's victim. So his victim count is at least 61, in my opinion, because this is like scorecard, you know. Entries refer to anything from victims' initials, torture they received specifically, or dump locations of the body. Kraft was formally charged for 16 homicides. How do you feel about that? 16 out of 61. It's better than none. You'll feel better. Hold on. The trial lasted a total of 13 months and was the most expensive trial in Orange County history. Keep it over, OJ. Was that in Orange County? Are you sure? Pretty sure. Because I'm sure OJ was more expensive than this one. I'm pretty sure that was Orange County. I'm too drunk and too tired to fact check that. Sony do it for me. Bleh. Um, On May 12th, 1989, Kraft was found guilty of 16 counts of murder, one count of sodomy, and one count of emasculation. On August 11th, the jury rendered the verdict of the death penalty. Kraft remains on death row at San Quentin State Prison, where he continues to deny guilt in any homicide. What a piece of shit. He's a really big fucking piece of shit, and he needs to fucking just go away. Just die. I mean, I hate saying that, but there's no reason for this human to exist. He's horrible. So, 
I'm really happy that people are out there listening. I see it. But I want some interaction on Facebook and Instagram. Make my fucking day, homie. Make it. Booze, bullshit, and true crime on Facebook and Instagram. Our email does exist, people. It's a thing. Right? It is a thing. It's a big thing because it's got a long name. Booze, BS, and true crime at gmail.com. That's booze, BS, and true crime at gmail.com. Send us whatever. Cute pictures of your dogs. Personal stories, which is what we really want. Recommendations, things we can do better. Just talk to me. I feel like I want some communication, people. She's bored because evidently she doesn't go to work or anything. Wait, do people say I don't work too? (laughs) No. I don't know. I just said you don't work. I took care of all the trucks and I dropped fucking 27 points today. Okay, homie, you want to fight? We were supposed to be fighting already. Really? I was texting behind your back. Oh, that's true. I'm supposed to be mad at you. I'm bad at this. Bad. Bad. All right. If you hung with us for this song, we appreciate you and you're awesome. I hope you have a good motherfucking night. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.